You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This was a question that uh, Rav Tchvarish, that sounds very Russian as well, as you can see, Rav Tchvarish, uh, Rav Kasriyo Pinchas Tchvarish. So this was his question that he presented to Rav Unterman, and it really is a historical question. It's a question of sociological, historical importance. But it, it starts with something as common as, what's going on in the shul? Let's hear what the question was. There's many of these Gaboyim people who were the Gaboyim of various shuls and shtibach. In other words, the community, the shul, the, uh, the, the, the older men, they weren't part of Hebrew speakers. They were just like your typical uh, uh, European Jew who had Ashkenazi Havara. And now there has become, because of teachers that came out of Eretz Yisrael to Chutz Loretz, and even in Eretz Yisrael itself, of course, but especially outside of Eretz Yisrael, this happened quite a bit. And many of the students, as you're going to see in a minute, and the ones who were becoming Bar Mitzvah, were being taught by Shlichim, and they were being taught and even if they weren't shlichim, there was a sense we want our new our children to be in line with the way they're talking in Israel. But what happens is now when those children are coming to have their bar mitzvah or to daven for the Amud, they're going to daven for the Amud the way they have been taught. So, but there's many people still when this was written in the in the sixties, and you'll see when this was this question came up. Um, this was a question that came up in, uh, I believe, in the in, in the mid in the mid nineteen sixties. Um, at that time, uh, there were many people who still weren't used to davening. Um, using the Habar Sfardi, we're not talking about Sfardim, we're talking about Ashkenazim, but uh, that's my kid is learning that way. In fact, there was such a recoiling. Yishnam ke'ela ha'toanim ki mamash enam avinim et amilim hanikraot b'mifta Sfardi. They don't even understand it. It's like, what? I can't, it's so foreign to my ears. So what will happen in Shul? Because as he says, Rav Tchavadosh says, that many times you have bar mitzvahs, and who comes? Friends and people. Uh, and who's the bar mitzvah bocher? The bar mitzvah bocher is laning the way he taught. He was, he was taught in school with the Havaris Fardi. And everyone's saying, oh, I, I can't listen to that. And what happens is, you get, as Rav Tchavadosh says, vikuchim nokvim. It's like, oh boy, it's like it's really arguments, arguments that are penetrating arguments. So what should we do? So, Rachavarish says that, being somewhat of a historian as well, uh, you can see his svarim that are written, you can see Tchavarish, you can look them up. They're sort of like, they're not just svarim and halacha, they're like svarim and... 
in, in sort of the history of the of the question, not so much the psak or Meshav Feinstein's not going to give you the, the whole history. Klarish does, but anyway, he says, look, the Gedolim already spoke about this in 1935. Rav Cook, who was of course the first chief rabbi, and Rav Benzion Uziel, Benzion Chai Uziel, who of course is the first Rishon Lezion in modern Israel, um, in the in the Haskama, in the in the in the Sefer, because Rav Cook was considered the greater personage than Rav Uziel. So, but he gave a haskama to Rav, Rav Kook gave a haskama to Rav Uziel's sefer. And, the, and he said, I know you talked about this question and I believe that if there's a shul that moved from Europe to Israel even, or whatever, the people who started that shul, davened Ashkenazis, then you can't tell them they have to stop the way they are reading. Because there's a, something called altitosh toratimecha. There's the minag, and that minag is very strong. Rav Uziel actually felt that, and we saw this uh, a similar thing. We saw. I wonder what his answer is to minhag uh, Right. So that's what Rav Cook was saying. Rav Cook was saying that this shul, it was, and again, this gets into a complicated question, Moshe, because. The, it was it was virgin territory, you know what I'm saying? Like they came there to throw, they built this shul, the people came from this community, and from where they were coming from, this is the way everybody spoke. And they've been davening this way. And now, all of a sudden, the new schools have arisen, and now they want to come in this Shabbos, or whatever it is. Rav Cook says, you can't force them to change. Rav Uziel says maybe we should have, like we saw Rav Goran talked about that as well, we should have a, 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 a all the Rabbanim should come together and we should be machlet because Rav Uziel and others felt that it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause pirud. Let's, let's decide, okay, you don't like Avar as far as too, too bad. That's, that's going to be the way everybody speaks here. Um, there is another safer, I don't know this author, uh, the Riha the Levi in his book Amira Neima, um, and Ramashulam Roth, I do know, and I have the safer here, uh, somewhere in the back, though, over there. Uh, the Komavasar, he talks about it as well, as well as the great, uh, uh, Gaon, uh, Ravichil Yaakov Weinberg, in his safer Sri Dayesh. And Ravichil Yaakov Weinberg writes, uh, that if you have a bar mitzvah, don't be makbid. First of all, there's chinuch involved. The kid, what are you going to say? I'm not going to let the kid lane. We don't lane that. We don't use Havaris Fardits here. Um, there's chinuch. And also, there should be shalom between the families. How do you think the parents are going to feel? Now, um, even the rush, when he talks about um, not changing your mina, in other words, you should be worried about machlokas, he says, He says, if we're not talking about a din daraisa, and you see, let's say, the family wants to send the boy up. Uh, okay, all right, so this Shabbos, we had to hear something that was weird. We don't, we're not used to hearing it. But Godo HaShoah. Rav Hankin, of course, the great posek from Europe and Eretz Yisrael, also spoke about it. And he says, look, if let's say you're in a shul where they, the havara is Ashkenazis, and somebody gets up there because he has a yard site, and he gets up there to daven or to lane, right? And that's the havara that he knows, havara regila bepiv, 
even though that's not what everybody is saying, don't start shushing him and say, no, no, you can't daven here. Ravankin said, look, we're not changing the shul. The man's got a yard site. This is the way he davens. Let him daven. Um, there's other poskim that spoke about it, and, and, and they also are mekel. Um, this is uh, Rabbi Yisrael, or I think Rabbi Yosef, or Rabbi Yisrael Porat from Cleveland, who wrote some very nice farm, also uh, says that you've got to at least talk it over with the people in the shul. In other words, to just send the boy up there and say, ah, oh, forget it. What's important is speaking about it in advance. And if if people are not misnagged to that, again, you never know who's going to put their foot down. And therefore, uh, Rav Porat said, speak to the whoever runs the shul, the gaboyim, the shamis, whoever is there, because otherwise it, there is a real problem that th- people aren't I happy. I through this through 23 years that I'm here. You've had this for 23 years, right? I remember Moshe had the bar mitzvah in the main shul and no comment, no comment. Unfortunately. Wait, wait, one second. Hold on. Okay, so let's talk about the difference between Moshe's situation, uh, Moshe Yazada's situation, and what this is talking about. This is talking, Moshe's talking about, let's dab, can we dab in uh, um, Minak Sfarad? Not Nusach Sfarad. Can we dab in Minak? Can we have a Sfardic, min, a Sfardic Minhagim? That, that's different than this question, right? This question is for example. It is different. No, it is different. Uh, my, I just wanted to switch the uh, location of the minion, right. and I was getting a lot of hard time. But uh, Rabbi Taitz, as gadol that he is, he is always uh, being good to us. He is amazing, amazing. Also, because you can see gadol hashalom. But but I know Moshe that many. I know you yourself and others. Right, you would be a little bit hesitant to go up to the Amud, right, to daven uh, at the Ashkenazi minion, right? Because was, for this I reason, I was asked many times, I would never go. Right, because of this, right? Because you don't want to have people it's say, not "Hey, the Havara, it's the uh, it's the text, it's the token." Okay, so you're talking about a different question. You're saying you're not, you feel un, you feel uncomfortable with the nusach, right? So therefore, you, why yes. should you go up there and be an uncomfortable baltfila, right? That, yes. That's what you're saying. Okay, but this is a question about, you know, and, and that we, I, mean, I don't know in Elizabeth how they paskin on this question, but you can see this question was dealt with. Now, the problem was, and this is why Rav Unterman dealt with this again, was because when the question first came up in the 1920s and 1930s, it was a new thing, for Ashkenazim, right? But now things have changed. Now, because of the, the Medina has been around at the time this was written, 20 years already, and there's already been a generation of people growing up who are uh, using Havar Esfardit, it's happened everywhere. So now it's a little bit different. And and now it's time that maybe we should come up with something. So therefore, Rav Tchvarish says, I'm going to send the question, and I don't know if he, I guess he wasn't yet the chief rabbi of, of Eretz Yisrael yet, to Rav Unterman, the Rav Roshi of Tel Aviv. I think he still kept that position until 65 or 66. He still was, maybe he had both positions of the chief rabbi. And for a while, I think he was still, you know, he kept both hats on. Chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael plus chief rabbi of Tel Aviv. So he says like this, um, 
I hear your question. It's a bar mitzvah. Uh, some people don't daven with this farnish uh, havara, and the boy gets, he says, kasha elim maftir. The, the bochar is getting haftorah, and people are saying, no, no, they don't like it. Okay, so let me explain this, Rav, Rav Unterman says. And we saw last night Rav Unterman's touch. I think you're going to see Rav Unterman's touch here as well. He says, Rav Tchavarish mentions Rav Kook. He mentions uh, Rav Ben-Sin Chayuziel. And um, that is why Rav Kook said, this is their minag that they've had, especially since most of the people want this minag. So you can't say we're making you change your minag. That is right. If that was the minag in the shul, and especially they feel that this is what they're about, you can't have another force come in and say, we're going to stop you. He said, I was a rabbi in Liverpool in England. So the Beatles are from, right? I was a rabbi in Liverpool. And we also had um, uh, young people who, were, who had trained with Havaris Fardit in, in Ivrit. And they said, we are their teachers. And the kids are going to school, I guess in Liverpool somewhere. And they're learning from a teacher from Eretz Yisrael. And he's teaching them Havaris Fardit. So therefore, they wanted to change the shoals Havara in Liverpool because this way they wanted the kids who are so crucial to be part of a shul that the children should know what they're reading, right? Because otherwise the children, you know, they, there's a disconnect when they read it, if they're reading it with the Havara of an Ashkenazi. So that is what happened in Liverpool. So in the, in, at that time, Rav Unterman said, I was against it. Because he says, It never works. You can't force people to say, look, it's a new world. You're going to have to hang up your spurs. You're going to have to put your holster away. You're going to change. Even if it turns out that most of the people are that way. Even if it turns out percentage-wise, most of the people are doing a different avara. But the people that sort of have the keys to the shul are different. You can't force it. And the reason is, um, it is tough. It's tough for people, especially older people, to get used to stuff that they're not used to. Now, he says that I, I didn't know about Rav Cook when I wrote that. But I'm happy that Rav Cook and I agreed. But things have changed. And here, once you see a Godel speaking. From 1935 to 30 years, things have changed incredibly. We now have had so many new people born in Israel, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people born in Eretz Yisrael that only know that Havara. In fact, he says that there's two generations that only have Avaris Fardit, right? There's those that are young, and now their children are coming to learn in Eretz Yisrael with Avaris Fardit, and you have them in every show. So they grew up with that. You're going to not let them, you're not going to let them 
have that Havara, even though technically the old people in the shul still daven with the old Havara? Now, it's very different when you say, hey, we both have problems. You lay that way, it bothers me. Well, you lay this way, it bothers me. Why? Think about it. Today, a person who's used to Nusach Sfard or Havar Sfardit, they never heard anyone speak Hebrew or Davin in Havar Ashkenazis. Why? Because the people who are Makhbet and Havar Ashkenazis, they don't even speak Hebrew. So he believes that in today's time, in the 1960s, it's much tougher for a young Israeli to understand the Ashkenazi who's davening with Ashkenazis than it is for the old-time Ashkenazi man because, come on, he's, he's living in Israel now. Every day, shomim b'chol yom v'yom asfardi. Right? First of all, many of them are not that old. They've gone to school. They hear the way, right? And they speak that way when they talk on the street. When they hear speeches, that's the way all the speakers talk in Havar Asfardit. When they hear the news, they're hearing it that way. So even though when they daven, it's difficult, that's different, they can easily understand the Sfardi Havara, who's, who's laying the Torah that way. So therefore, it seems to me today, whatever the shul was, if a kid has a bar mitzvah, you don't have to go, you don't have to jump through hoops like, like even Rav Porat said to ask them. Now, okay. Now let's say they decide we're changing the minig of the shul. Okay, that I'm against. Why? Because there is something about a Masora. Look, they they still have the 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 show the way the show was written up. So he says there. I don't see you can you can force them. But if there's a bar mitzvah, whatever situation, you don't need any type of things. It's much. Believe me, it's not that difficult. Now, um, He then mentioned something when I said he came, I said Rev um, Unterman came, he's cut out of the same cloth, uh, the Lithuanian cloth of the other Gedolim. He heard that in Valozhin, that Rav Chaim Valozhin's son, Rav Rabbi Yitzchok, um, was, he, ev- after Tfilah, you'll like this, Moshe, after Tfilah, he would, everybody else left the Beit Knesset, he gave a shear in Chumash, and after that, he would sit there and say the Shema again in Havara Sfardit. Because he said that this is a mitzvah daraita to say Kriyat Shema. And maybe this is the proper way to be Makayim that mitzvah. And therefore. I know a Rav in, uh, in a shul in Miami that I, w- I was sitting next to him. He's the Rav of the shul. I was sitting in front of him. And when he came to Shema, I heard him saying Havara Sfardit. I was blown away. And I asked him, he goes to me, this is the way you're supposed to say, it's the writer. That was exactly what you're saying. Right. Now here, he did both. In other words, where the where they daven in the Beit Knesset, whatever, in, in the Beis HaMedrash, but after davening, he said, look, I've got to, uh, you have to be mocked. And of course, you know, Rav Sofer mentions that his Rebbe, Rav Nelson Adler, 
I'm sure you've heard about him, uh, Dr. Kogan. He, uh, he hired a special uh, person to teach him the Temani Derech of Havara, so he'd be able to actually pronounce things like the Yemenites. Why would he do that? Because <laughs> he, because he was Choshesh, that might be the, the, the real way of, of, of saying the words. Um, Sofer says it's very difficult for the rest of us to do that. I'm just joking with you. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I go to shul in Israel. My brother-in-law goes to the shul. He takes me there. If you make a mistake, forget about the Havara. If you make a mistake on a Dagesh in the, in the word, they correct you. They jump on you. Yeah. Um, still, uh, Rabbi Kivalevich? Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's a really, as you probably know, and uh, it's, it's really um, within the Ashkenazic world, uh, European Jewish world, it's, it's a lot of politics involved in that. How the, the, you know, the anti-religious started using something different, you know, just for the sake of okay. being in spite, to spite. If we, there wasn't spite involved, I would understand that. Okay. You know, so Dr. Kogan uh, is bringing up a good point. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I, I think I understand where you're going here. Dr. Kogan is bringing up a good point, which is really, we haven't asked the question, why is it that even Ashkenazim, who were Chovevei who wanted to reestablish speaking Ivrit in Eretz Yisrael and maybe throughout the world. And why did they pick Havaras Fardit, right? Why did they pick this different way of pronouncing? Was it, and, and Dr. Kogan is saying it might have been in a way to sort of like say, hey, we're not like the Haredim or the, the anti um, Haskola people. And we're actually going to pick a different uh, Havara that's different. And this was looked at, this is your point, Dr. Kogan, by the, even people that were, let's say, in the middle. Hey, Correct. they said, why did you have to pick a, this weird way of pronouncing things? You're not a Sephardi. You're doing this because you're trying to sort of separate yourself from religiosity. You're Correct. trying to separate yourself. So this way, it's like, even the way you speak, the language is different. So it isn't just, oh, it sounds bad to my ears. Dr. Kogan is saying there was also a sense, in, especially outside of Eretz Yisrael, that this was a foreign influence. This was like an evil influence doing it in Ivrit. So conversely, the religious attitude towards Hebrew, that's why JC doesn't stress too much of it and other places, unfortunately, the speaking with, God forbid, they'll talk to the secular, especially in that Hebrew. It's all very, there's a lot of politics, unfortunately. Okay, there's so, no unity in it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. There are places where, in schools that I've heard about, that they teach Ivris, Ivris. I've heard places that there's a school, Manhattan Day School, uh, the Manhattan School for Girls, considered Kushner a very teaches Ivrit by Ivrit. I know, Kushner does. And I was actually, that was part of my job. And when I was and teaching. Imagine if you had to uh, do the Havara of the Hasidim, Barich, Hasso, I, I, I don't know. Burich, Burich Ata, Burich Ata. So, so anyway, let's see what Rav Unterman Paskins. He says, "Haderach anuusi lo lechafot alzeh shemitpalil tamid ba'avara achat lishanot et minhagov hergelo." You grew up this way. 
you have a bar mitzvah, you have a yard site, you need to, you need the Amud, we're not going to stop you. And, I, and that much, he agreed with all the other Rabbanim. Even if most people in the Tzibor pronounce things differently, he is not going to, he's not going to change that. Till the shul changes, and the shul could change, but they have a chazan, and, and this is the way the chazan, and not many shuls have that anymore, but some shuls in those days had a chazan, he always was the baltvila, the curb or the person who's the balkriya, then tzorchul yozeh shekari kadrisha throw batzibor. And this is the important thing. Nobody should say a word to him. If somebody, if somebody had a bar mitzvah, whatever it is, or they call someone into lane, don't whisper in his ear, a lane like a lane with Havara Ashkenazis. No. You're not the regular Balkriya. You're not changing the minig in, in the shul. Now, this is a little bit what Dr. Kogan was saying. He says, this is the way things were in Europe. And Ravunterman came from Europe. If you think about the way, and Moshe mentioned the Chassidim a minute ago, think about the difference between the Polisha and the Litvaks. The different, they pronounce things differently. And the Polisha might be the Chassidish way, but the Litvaks, the, the, they, they pronounce things a lot different. It says it's almost like Ashkenazim and Sephardim. In fact, in the beginning, Rav, Rav Unterman says, people said, no, you, you're coming from, you're, you're, you're a Litvak, you've got a daven with a Polish, uh, the way a Polish would daven. But then people started coming from place to place. The world started to change. People were moving from place to place. And in every city, you'd have a Litvak come here, a Polish come there. People stopped being Makbid, and everybody daven, Kehergevo. Now, the Chazana Kavua, that was different. We saw Rav Gorin said that he wasn't sure about this. Rav Gorin felt that if everybody will speak Havaras Fardit, he felt that eventually will lead to the call for one uh, unified Nusach. That's what Rav Gorin wrote. And you find something very similar to the chief rabbi before him. Eventually, it's going to be everywhere. Now, Goran knew this wasn't true because if Goran knew there were places that are still holding out, right? This was written 60 years ago or 50 years ago, 55, 50 to 60 years ago. It hasn't happened. But Rav Unterman thought it would because she the kids are going to grow up and the, the misper is going to go up and up. Every place in Eretz Yisrael, there's not even going to be a question. Everyone is going to do Havoros Fardit like the Minaga Medina. However, he says today, um, the main thing is there should be no kpedos. Remember last night we talked about Rav, Rav Unterman's message about shalom between people before Yom Kippur? Here too, there shouldn't be kpedos. Standing on ceremony, standing on the official rules, standing at what the minag is, we know that that generates a lack of shalom. Ha'ikar, what is davening about? Rav Unterman said. It's about 
knowing you're standing in front of God and directing your thoughts to God. And what does it mean by Kriyat Torah? Don't talk. Yishmu b'sheket just make sure you hear every word. There should be no, no one should make any points about how he's pronouncing. The Mashiach will come. He's going to somehow rope us all in, put us all in together to one group. And then we'll see, of course, what our Nusach is. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 